Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Glad you're with us today on Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt here alongside David Dickens, the president and wealth advisor at KC Financial Advisors, serving you throughout the Kansas City area with an office in Overland Park, but find him anywhere on CoverYourAssetsKC.com. One of our favorite kinds of shows on the docket today, another mailbag edition of Cover Your Assets KC. Got some good listener questions this week. David, you ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. These are, we have three really good questions, so I think it ought to be a a good little podcast here. Joan, Rob, and John asking our questions. We've got questions about Social Security. We've got uh, a portfolio being down 10%. And our first question from Joan, going to be about some 401k IRA rollover type stuff. And uh, this will be interesting, I think. All right, so here we go. I'm turning 62, says Joan, this year and plan to work for another three to four years. Almost all of my savings is in my 401k at work and an IRA rollover from previous jobs. I've heard a lot of talk recently about the Fed is going to do this and the Fed is going to do that. Should I even care what the Fed's going to (laughs) do? Okay, well, that's a pretty important question right now, Joan. So actually, I mean, that that's is, helpful, right, David? Like, um, <laughs> if I can tune this out, like, that'd be nice. Can I? Can exactly. I tune this out? Because there's a lot of blah, blah, blah in this world. But what the Fed is getting ready to do is not one of those blah, blah, blah things. It's actually pretty important. And when you look at, at bad things that have happened, really bad things that have happened in the market since, for instance, everybody kind of looks back to 1929 as being the, the start of modern history. A lot of them have been rated, related to the Fed making mistakes. So let's crack this open just a little bit, Joan. I'm going to try to keep it kind of high level. And if it turns wonky, then I apologize in advance. But we're at a turning point. The Fed has been super accommodative from a monetary policy standpoint, and that's helped your 401k. They have been um, kept rates really, really, really low, like almost zero. And inflation has been super low for a long period of time. But what has happened just recently is inflation's up. So what they are going to try to do is fight inflation without killing the economic recovery. So the turning point is rates are going to go up and liquidity is going to go down. And what I mean by that is the Fed buys just over the last couple of years, they have been buying $120 billion of bonds every month, taking bonds out of circulation. In other words, keeping rates artificially low because there aren't, they don't have, they, we don't need buyers of these bonds. The Fed's buying them. Their balance sheet has grown from, I'm looking at a chart right now, it's grown from, well, back in, in 2010, it was about $2 trillion. And right now it's about $9 trillion. Well, that's, that is unprecedented. Uh, in 2020, they were only at $4 trillion. So just in the last couple of years, they've added, they've doubled the size of their balance sheet. That's important for a couple of reasons. It's artificially kept interest rates low. And now they have said, we're going to stop buying $120 billion a month. And at some point in 2022, we're going to start letting those bonds mature off. In other words, somebody else is going to have to fund that debt, that treasury debt or that mortgage-backed security debt. And so that's called the tapering. If you've heard people talk about the Fed beginning to taper, well, they're tapering off how much they're buying. And then probably 
April or May of this year, they're going to actually start letting bonds mature off into the market to be funded by other market participants. The Fed only controls one rate, Joan, and that's the overnight lending rate, but it influences a lot of other rates. So uh, they have said that they're going to start raising the overnight rate in March, probably three to five times this year. The market has built in seven to eight times that they're going to raise rates this year. And the reason they're going to do that is to try to slow down inflation. The Fed basically has two mandates, full employment and stable prices or low inflation. And the tool that they most use to do this is raising rates. So historically speaking, markets really dislike Fed turning points. When the Fed has been doing one thing and they all of a sudden decide to do the other, they've been very accommodative. Now they're going to start taking money out of the system. That's a Fed turning point. And Markets have traditionally had a lot of volatility, mostly downward, at Fed turning points. So the market dislikes Fed turning points, but it hates recessions. And so the fear is, the reason that you might care about what the Fed's doing is, the fear is that the Fed is going to go too far too fast, and they're going to tip our economy into recession. And that would be severely bad because the stock market, how your 401k is likely invested, is highly dependent upon what the stock market does. And in a lot of these situations where the Fed causes a recession, the market goes down 35 or 45 or 50 percent. You said you're 62. Well, if that tipping point, that economic recession starts in, let's just say, 18 months, well, all of a sudden you're almost maybe 64 pretty close to retirement, and then we have a significant downturn in the market. And then, like in 2001 or 2008, it might take five more years to recover just to get back to even. Well, all of a sudden, then you are, you've been retired for three or four years, and, you're, and your portfolio is worth a lot less than it is right now today as we're talking, as you're listening. So the Fed is super important. We're at a turning point. Whether or not they overdo and cause a recession, We'll see that unfold over the next 12 to 18 months. Almost never does something happen more quickly than that. So we got, you know, a good amount of time, but you have to be on the lookout for those signs of the next recession because that's what's going to cause a tremendous amount of pain in your 401k if you haven't taken precautions to lessen that downturn. Good question, Jen. So yeah, kind of like a keep, keep an eye on it sort of thing, right? Just don't uh, don't completely ignore these kinds of conversations. We don't want to be an ostrich here and stick our heads in the sand by any means. So good stuff. Good question. Thank you for the explanation there, David. Uh, if you want to submit a question, by the way, we might feature it on a future show. You can email David, ddickens at kcfa.com. You can put mailbag in the subject line, and we'll know that it's a question that you want asked on the show. You can also ask your questions directly to David as well if you want to get in touch via email too, ddickens at kcfa.com. Not all questions have to be featured on the show, of course. Uh, Rob has a good mailbag question for us today. Rob says, I went to a Super Bowl party, and since the Chiefs weren't playing, we did more talking than watching football. A guy <laughs> Sounds I, like my Super Bowl party. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, a guy I trust tried to tell me that there is only a certain amount of Social Security money set aside for me based on how much I put in. He also said that if I wait too long to start Social Security, my monthly check will get smaller. If that's true and I live till 95, won't that be a problem? 
Okay, Rob. So those are those are good questions. I <laughs> the guy you trust might have given you some bum information, but let me let me cover a couple of broad swaths here, and hopefully we we'll get you closer to where you want to be. So Social Security started in 1935, and it was a plan that basically nobody was supposed to use because back then the earliest you could retire and get Social Security was 65, but life expectancy back then was 62. <laughs> so. The chances of you actually getting Social Security were, were slim. And if you got it, you weren't going to live very long uh, while you were collecting it. The other thing about Social Security back then was there were 42 workers for each person who was collecting Social Security. Today, on the other hand, there are three workers per retiree. And a decade from now, there's going to be two workers per retiree. So Social Security is on a lot shakier foundation than it used to be. You ask, uh, your, your friend told you that only a certain amount of money is set aside in Social Security for you based on how much you put in. That's not true. Social Security is basically a pay-as-you-go government program. Now, there's all this fancy talk about the trust account that money gets put into. Honestly, that is not true. <laughs> we used to have overages in Social Security up until just a couple years ago. And the overages went to buy Treasury securities. And the only reason we need treasury securities is because Congress spends more each year than they bring in. So there, there is no trust fund. It is a pay-as-you-go program, but it's a really important pay-as-you-go program. So it's very unlikely that Congress, well, it's almost, it's super unlikely that they would do away with it. it they'll make some changes to it. They need to make some changes to it. The last time changes were made were in the early 80s when Ronald Reagan was president. So it's way past time to make some additional changes. Your benefit, Rob, is based on your best 35 years of earnings. Now, if you've only worked for 30 years, then five of those years are going to show a big fat zero. But if you go to ssa.gov, they'll show you what your best 35 years were. And it'll also calculate and tell you, well, if you retire at 62, if you start drawing at 62, here's how much you get. If you start at your full retirement age, for most of us, that's somewhere between age 66 and 67. And then... If you wait till 70, here's the number, the, the amount that you'd get on a monthly basis. So he also said, your buddy at the Super Bowl party also said that if you wait too long to start Social Security, your monthly check will get smaller. Well, that has a little element of truth to it in that you, you can start as early as 62. Your full retirement age, my full retirement age is 66 and eight months. If you're much older than me, then it's 60, age 67. And um, so, Rob, if you are, let's say you're 55 or 58 years old, then your re full retirement age is 67. That's when you can get the full amount of money. But if you wait until age 70, the amount you're going to get is going to grow by 8% a year. Quick example, if your Social Security statement says you're going to get two grand a month at 67, well, if you wait till 68, that's going to be 8% higher. Instead of two grand a month, it's going to be 2160 a month. And it's going to grow 8% each year that you don't take it until 70. But if, and 70 is the most it's going to get. And if you wait till 71, eh, sorry, you just, you waited a year too long. It's not going to get any better. And you didn't take the monthly money that they wanted to give you at age 70. So your buddy is right in that it doesn't really get smaller, but it doesn't get any better after age 70. So Rob, I think the takeaways from your Super Bowl conversation are that Social Security is very likely going to be around during all of our retirements, but it is likely to change somewhat 
since we have fewer workers funding more retirees, and it's a pay-as-you-go plan. And if you can afford to wait past your full retirement age, you're probably going to be better off, especially if you live into your late 80s, early 90s. But there's no reason to wait till after age 70 because it doesn't get any better than that. So, uh, Rob, depending on how close you are to retirement, uh, you can get some good advice. Frankly, if you're a good do-it-yourselfer, you can learn a lot by Googling stuff on the internet. But um, somebody who does this for a living can give you some pretty quick answers pretty fast, and, and it'll be relatively easy for you to figure out at what age do I want to start taking Social Security. Very good. Appreciate that, David. And uh, yeah, Social Security, man, there's so many layers and complications that can kind of swirl around that, that no wonder there's some miscommunication about the rules. Um, even somebody who's well-informed can sometimes be a bit off in how those yeah, things imagine that, a government program that got complex. Yeah, just, just a little bit, just a little bit. All right, another great question. Again, if you've got questions for David, you can ask them one-on-one or feature them on the show. Uh, 913-317-1414 is the number to call. And you can also get in touch via the website, coveryourassetskc.com, or email David, ddickens at kcfa.com. All right, our last mailbag question comes to us from John. John says, I'm retired, and my portfolio is down about 10% since the start of this recent downturn. I think, and he underlined think, I'm a long-term investor. But this is starting to feel like 2001 and 2008 when the stock market ultimately went down 40 or 50%. Is there any chance that's what this turns into? Oh, so that's a super good question, John. I think the answer is, (laughs) it depends. It's certainly possible that this turns into a big one. Eventually, we're going to have another recession. And then it's a very high probability that that downturn turns into a big one, a a 35 or a 45 or a 50% downturn. I don't think, nobody knows for sure, but I don't think this is the turning point. So 5% drops happen a couple times a year historically speaking. 10% drops happen about every year to 15 months. And that's what we're in right now is the um, the S&P is down almost 9%. The NASDAQ is down about 14%. Market's off again today. So, you know, we're probably a little bit more than those. Um, but this is very likely a correction that is occurring because we're at a Fed turning point, kind of like we the first question I answered for Joan. We're at a Fed turning point. Market has been above trend for a long time, really since the since the COVID downturn, it's been above trend. And what we're really doing, I think now is correcting to being within trend. And so we still have a market that is in an uptrend. And I think that will persist for some time into the future. But once it changes that trend, that's when you got to be super careful, unless you're willing to ride it all the way down and ride it all the way back. And the vast majority of people don't have a risk tolerance like that. So this, I think, is not the beginning of 2001 or 2008, subject to, you know, revision a couple months from now. But I think this is just a totally to be expected uh, 10% correction. When I talk to clients about 10% corrections, it always sounds like, oh, no big deal. I, I get it. But when you have, when you look at your statement and your million dollar 401k is now down a hundred grand, you're like, oh my gosh, it took me a long time to save a hundred grand. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I know it's only 10%, but it, does, it just feels worse when you talk about the dollar amount than the percentage. So you just want to make sure that you are comfortable with that amount of loss. What we do need to be on the lookout for 
is a change in that major trend because that's where big drops come from. So I, I, I pulled up a little, um, a little analysis that talks about bear markets. So bear markets are 20% or more downturns. And there have been, gosh, I don't know how many is on here. Since 1929, there are 11 that have coincided with uh, recessions. There may be twice that many of more than 20% downturns, but the big ones, uh, 58%, 51%, 50%, 37%, 54%, 86%, that was 1929, and 41%. Those are the ones that coincided with a recession. The other ones, you know, bear markets, they're more like 22%, 20%, 22%, uh, 21%. Now that's not small either, but those heal up pretty quickly. Whereas a major downturn of 40 or 50%, a lot of times it takes three, four, five years or longer just to get back to even. So John, I think what you want to do is have some sort of mechanism. We use a mechanism here, which I'm not going to go into on this podcast because it's not an hour long podcast, but we have a mechanism in place that helps us identify whether or not the market's in an uptrend. And if it has turned into a downtrend, that's a market that you want to avoid. You want to lessen your risk. At that point, you're likely to be down 10 or 12%. And you're going to say to yourself, oh my gosh, should I sell now? Am I selling close to the bottom? Well, if the market trend has changed, you're selling early on in a much steeper decline. So you want to have a, have a mechanism in place where you can have some indication, some historically reliable indication as to whether or not the downturn that we're in is going to be correlated with a recession near term or not. And that would help you determine whether or not you should be... <laughs> mostly ignoring the volatility or respecting the volatility and making preparations to move some money to the sideline. John, it's a, it's a complicated question. I hope that was somewhat helpful. If we can be of any help to you as far as fleshing out some of those mechanisms that we use, I'd be happy to do that and chat with you about that. So uh, let us know if, if we can be of help to you in any way on that. Yeah. If only we had a crystal ball and could answer some of these things with certainty. <laughs> Yeah, those tend easier. to have big cloudy spots in them. That's right, exactly. But a great question. Uh, so there you heard it. Uh, I think today's episode, just a great example of just everyday questions, the kinds of things that David hears on a daily basis when folks come in to talk about retirement and their finances. We talked about, hey, what, what should I be listening to? The Fed? Does this all this stuff matter? Does this impact me? That's common. You know, does this global or, you know, countrywide or even a statewide issue impact my individual situation. We get questions like that a lot. Uh, Social security, always a question, I think. So that question from Rob was right on point. And then stuff like this from John, you know, like, hey, I'm not trying to time anything, but I'm getting nervous. How do I deal with risk? How do I deal with downturns and balancing all this stuff? Um, So if you have questions that are like this, don't hesitate. Don't feel like you're weird or uh, you're the only one that's got that question. Lots of people share the same kind of curiosity and questions that you have. And the best way to get answers is to ask those questions and get some help and guidance. And David can do that for you. If you're in the KC area, he's got an office in Overland Park. You can call 913-317-1414 to set up a visit today. Get a complete planning review done. 913-317-1414. Or again, coveryourassetskc.com. And you can get lots of information there on the website as well. 
David, good show today. Thanks for these great questions and uh, for answering them uh, with some great wisdom. And uh, we'll look forward to another episode with you soon. Yeah, these are my these are some of my favorite shows. So I enjoyed this today, and we'll have something good for next week. Sounds like a plan. That's David Dickens. I'm Walter Storholt. We will talk to you next time right back here on Cover Your Assets, KC. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.